Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. You're listening to the Engaging Missions Radio Show, Episode 36 with Anthony Petrillo. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Radio Show. If you care about missions, this is the place for you. Whether you're actively involved in ministry and missions, are considering missions, or serve God in the marketplace with a heart for God's kingdom, you're in the right place. Join us each week for inspiration, encouragement, resources, and so much more as we delight in the things that God is doing all around the world. Okay. I have a special treat for you today. I have Anthony Petrillo back on the line today. He lives here in the U.S. and commutes thousands of miles in his work with 10.3, the Transformational Education Network. You might remember him from episode number 33 just a couple weeks ago. In that interview, he shared some amazing stories and some serious insights into how God's worked in his life and what he sees going on in education. After that interview, we exchanged a few emails and he mentioned that God had given him something very specific to bring to the show. After hearing a little bit of the direction God had given him, I can truly say that I am delighted to have him back on the show. We're going to keep with the interview format today, but the questions we're going to ask will be completely different from the rest of our shows. Anthony, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Brian. So, Anthony, in the last 30, actually more than 30 interviews, I've asked some questions designed to encourage people who are called into the marketplace. Many of the answers have centered around the ideas that everything has the potential to be sacred. Further, they often point out that whatever God calls us to is eternally valuable. Can you share your perspective on this? Yes, Brian. I'm really glad you gave me a chance to come back to that question because for the first time for the interviews as I prayed through your questions before we actually spoke. Uh, that one that one really stuck out for me, and, and um, yet <clears throat> I missed ever really addressing it last time, so I'm really happy to address it again. The reason it spoke to me so much is because I am a normal marketplace person, and, you know, you're typ- typical, and it's hard to put typical around a missionary, but something happened in the middle of the 20th century and in the later half of the 20th century that really shifted missions. And it was when governments, particularly in Africa, um, um, this is pretty general, but let me, let me focus on Africa where I work. Um, governments stopped us from doing certain things. One of them was education. And education was taken away from the church and the missions. And um, on a lot of our other jobs, we're, we're taken away, so we could we really couldn't be basically part of the society anymore. Um, and so this idea of a church planner came up, and and it and it really shifted the focus 
of missions and at the end of the you know twentieth century it's it's just coming back to the idea that no matter what you do, you can be a missionary and you can go in there and be part of the society, which is really wonderful because it gives us the opportunity to you know mingle with the people and and it makes sense it made sense to them that I was a teacher computers. I was a teacher, like other teachers. Uh, another guy might go in and teach diesel mechanics. It made sense, and you could be part of the society. And so that's coming back as like in Africa, where they've asked the church and, and missions to, again, do education. But because I was just a normal guy and, and, went and was not a quote-unquote church planner, though I was right on the cutting edge and meeting Muslims that Others wouldn't get a chance to because of my gifts and skills that God had given me. I was like you are here, people here. I was in the marketplace, and I was sharing the gospel. And for all of us, that's, that's a wonderful opportunity about wherever we are. We are the light of the world. It blows me away that Jesus says, you are the light of the world. But we are the light of the world. And we, and if we do, as St. Francis says, preach the gospel always, and if necessary, use words, we can touch people no matter what we're doing, wherever we are in the world. And we don't get this idea that there's missionary versus you know Christian. All of us are Christians. And all of us are to be sharing the gospel. <clears throat> and the the significant thing of a missionary is they are sent out by the church to different places to reach out and spread the gospel. And that, that's how they're different than us. But their their jobs typically are the same. Get into society, get involved with them. Um, maybe if you're, you're a preacher, eventually when churches start coming to life, then the preacher then has a position in society and things go forward. But all of us in our marketplace, the key item is... <clears throat> not where we are, but who we love, who we walk with. And the more we walk with the Lord, the more we let a Romans uh, 12, 1 uh, happen in our lives, we, 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 we uh, become a sacrifice by the renewing of our mind and the transforming of our lives. We are a light no matter where we are. So be in the marketplace and be a Christian. Um, and if you want to think of yourself as a missionary, that's okay too, but uh, when we start mixing words, um, it, it gets difficult, and Brian will really get upset with me if I go off into how words get all polluted, but if we, we should use our words carefully. I, I won't get upset with you. Uh, I was wondering, you know, one of the things that you had sent uh, in your email was a, around the uh, the framework or the concept of a Venn diagram as opposed to a two-dimensional paradigm. Can you share a little bit about how that relates to this? A Venn diagram is something we all had to learn in, in, in math. And the, the situation is you got these circles. And sometimes circles uh, overlap and sometimes they don't. And in this case, the reason the Christian versus a missionary is a Venn diagram is the big circle is all of us. We're all Christians. And then the little circle is some people are called to be missionaries. They're not different, significantly different than us at all. They, if they're true Christian, they're walking with Christ. The light is shining through them. The difference is the church has said, aha, there's a place that we need to share the gospel, send these people. And we've seen that process 
through history, all through the church history, a friend of mine says it's very much like a strawberry plant where one year the strawberry plant produces fruit and then sends out runners. The next year the farmer comes by, pulls out that mother plant because it's not producing fruit anymore, and the fruit is being where the runners are. So with Germany and, you know, the the whole uh, Protestant res- um, Reformation and so forth, and then the churches went out. Um, missionaries went out to England. From England, they went to the United States. From the United States, they went to China and Africa. And now from Africa and China, they're going around the world again. And God's kingdom's like that. And it's seeing places where the gospel needs to be preached, which for our audience here in America, we should expect God sending a lot of people from Africa to America because the church desperately needs missionaries. And that's why this whole thing about how can you be, what can you do in the marketplace is so significant because we, the light definitely needs to be shining here back in America. In the past, we've, in our, in some of our interviews, we've talked about first steps that people can take. And we've talked about opportunities to minister to neighbors and, you know, how people would begin if they were entering into a new society. And we've talked about some frameworks for growth, things like that. But I know that there's something deeper that you wanted to touch on that relates to transformation and specifically relates to Romans 12. Can you share with us what the Lord impressed on you while you were praying? Yeah, the, I, I, I touched a little bit on Romans 12 just a second ago, but the idea uh, of Romans 12, this idea of presenting your body as a, as a sacrifice, it's followed up with the next verse that's about having your mind transformed, your, your life to be, through the scripture we see you being conformed to the image of Christ. And um, the, the, the walk with the Lord is a journey, and we need to study, we need to dig into the Word, we need to try to understand the cultures of the time that was written and understand our cultures, and all these things are, are healthy parts of our growth. But eventually, it comes back to that daily walk with Jesus, with a childlike faith, and and that, and you starting to think as he thinks, and you're, sorry, a truck's going by. <laughs> you start thinking the way he thinks and, and wanting to act the way uh, he acts. And so that, that to me, uh, in the mission programs, we do a lot of learning. We do, there's a lot of teaching that goes on. There's a lot of learning about the cultures. And, and these all have a place, but... The bottom line is the most effective missionaries are the ones that truly love the Lord, are living according to his word, and love the people. And people see that, and they have a huge impact. And so we don't have to be anxious in our lives. We just need to say, good morning, Jesus. I want to lay my life down today. What do you want me to do? And of course, you know, there's certain things you have to do. But even then, when as busy as I am, I'm, I'm, I'm working uh, multiple jobs right now. And even as busy as it is, it is, and I know I have to get this accomplished here and that accomplished there, there's still just that, that peace. I can say, okay, Lord, I'm going to lay those before you. And he'll reorder them in the day. And at the end of the day, I'll be just amazed. It's like, wow, I got more done than I thought I could. And so it's just that a, a simple, beautiful walk with God. 
You mentioned that, uh, you know, sometimes it can be difficult to balance everything, to put everything in its place, so to speak. And I think that leads directly into the next thing that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, you had talked in your in the email that you sent about the overwhelmingness of the needs. And I, I feel like, and this is me talking, I feel like sometimes we at the ch- in the church have two different approaches. We either look at the overwhelmingness of the need and we go, um, how could we possibly accomplish all of this? How could we do all of that ourselves? Because we forget to look at the the other resources that God may have put a, made available to us in in His broader body, or we may look at all of the opportunities to partner and go, I don't know where to start. Can you share with us a little bit um, about maybe some organizations that you're aware of that are doing wonderful things that you would um, that you're you're so proud of, and you look at them and you go, Wow, those are really cool organizations. Sure, I, and and you you wrapped quite a bit of things there, and I I what I want to address on that is um, just the overwhelmed. It's so easy to become overwhelmed. And I actually have an opportunity to be more overwhelmed than the average bear. <laughs> and the reason of that is there's times when I when I wake up or even th- during the day or sometimes, I just want to die. Mm. I, I really don't care about living anymore. And I have a friend that we do woodwork together. And he's, he's um, he was a First, uh, a pastor, and then a missionary, and then uh, got his PhD and became a counselor. And so I get free counseling because we do woodwork together. And and I said to him, I said, how come there's these times and I just don't feel like living and stuff? It just seems so strange to me. And he goes, oh, well, that's such and such syndrome. And I, I, as an educator, I should remember all these little tags, but I don't. And he goes, people like you that have, you know, been on the edge of death, like with your leukemia and you didn't, they didn't even think you'd live. People like you have this syndrome and it just, it just comes upon you without any warning and you really don't feel like living. The problem, he said, is when I'm counseling, the problem is you guys, you Christians, because a person that doesn't have a Christ, even when that comes, they still don't really want to die. And you Christians, you're like, bring it on <laughs> for me to die as Christ. So, and he said to me, what can you do? What can you give to God that, that's really going to make a difference? Can you give him your faith? No. Can you give him, can you give God anything? And I'm looking and I'm trying to think and I'm whirling around as he's saying this. He goes, no, the only thing we can give to God is obedience. And when those times come, you just say, so what? And you do what you're supposed to do. And that's what I do. And I obey, and I do what I'm supposed to do, and it's amazing. Those things, go, they, don't, they go way so fast when you just say, okay, I know they're there. I know I have this problem. Big deal. I'm going to obey. And I know today, right now, I'm supposed to wash the car for my wife, or I'm supposed to do this or that, or I'm supposed to do this at work. That brings me to this overwhelming whether you have that syndrome that I have or not, all of us can get overwhelmed. There are so many problems in this world. And one of the things that a friend of mine shared, she said to me one day when all the things were overwhelming, she shared this quote. <laughs> I went back to her to ask who this person was that said this quote, and she couldn't remember because she reads so much. But this famous lady speaker uh, of faith, a lady of faith, um, does, talks about the war and the, the uh, sex trading and 
problem, a problem, a problem. And then she looks at the audience, you know, and by then they're overwhelmed. And she goes, so what are you going to do about it? And and they're looking at her and she goes, pick one. And, th- and that hit me so hard. I had picked one and that has made my life so much better. I picked to use the gifts and skills in computers and education. And I've, and I've stayed there and I've stayed there and I've stayed there and I picked one. That doesn't mean I don't ever help any other ministry. Uh, we needed an organ at the church and I worked towards that and so on and so forth. But I picked one. About a year ago, I heard a speaker that I wasn't even supposed to be at that spot. And I heard this speaker and his, his name is Herb and his ministry is New Commandments. Uh, ministry. It's at newcommandment.org. I was blown away. And I've never said this ever before because I think 10-3 is like the cat's meow. We have a wonderful ministry and we're doing we're doing things and I'm just waiting for it to just explode and more and more people to be involved. And yet, New Commandments ministry and Herb's ministry is, is more, uh, I don't know what the word to put, but uh, it's just, it's it's better than ten three. I don't know how else to say it. I, I would join Herb in a moment um, and go go online, see what they're doing. It's really cool. But I didn't join them because I picked one thing that God had called me to do, and I'm sticking with it, and I'm going to work through on that. And so when you hear us guys, and we get real excited about our ministry, and you get and you get real excited about the ministry, you need to. You need to step back and say, okay, Lord, am I already focused on something that you want me to do? Mm. And focus on that. And stay there. And Or it might be God's calling you that this is the one you need to go to. Or maybe sometimes it's a, a small little thing you can do. For example, we collect laptops for Africa. And you might say, hey, I can put 50 bucks towards that and a laptop and help. And that's a small thing. But be careful from being divided here, here, and here. Pick something and stick with it. With 10-3, we don't want everybody. We want the people called of God. So does every other ministry. They want the people called to God. And if we, as you, as you're looking through and you, you ask God, is this where I should focus? And then be focused. Be faithful and keep helping what God has given you to do. Now, he might eventually, through life, shift you to something else. But the first important thing is to stay. pick something and work at it. The second thing is, uh, when I was thinking about it, it's kind of like God. There's this battle going on, and 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 what are the if you're if you're fighting, you know, you got the one two knockout. Okay, the first punch that really stings Satan is when someone is faithful and sticks through things. You're going to see if you go to Moody Bible Institute or any of these places, you're going to see these people that stuck it through and met it go, go, and you can be one of those. The second punch, which is the which is the killer punch, no matter what you're doing. No matter what God calls you to, the second punch is coming back. And I just keep, I can't help but keep coming back to this. It is your walk with the Lord. If you are walking with the Lord and freeing your life up so that he can work through you, you're going to touch people. You're going to impact people the way you want. The things that are really important are going to happen. And you're also going to discover some of the things you thought were so important are not. But God will touch lives through you, through that. So that's the second part, knockout punch. Just We constantly walk and love God. That makes us walk and love others. And we focus on something that'll, that we believe the King is calling us to, to make a difference 
in this world that is overwhelming and in trouble. You've, you've talked about the importance of picking one thing, and I know that you've traveled some. You see believers on both sides of the ocean, if you will. And I'm just wondering, how much do you see people in, who are in the body who are maybe challenged or struggling because they simply haven't chosen one thing? Is that prevalent? Uh, I, I, I mean, personally, yeah, I see it, I see it in uh, people that I know. I see it in, in the church where, you know, they, they're helping this thing and then the next time they're helping something else and so on and so forth. Um, and they don't, uh, they don't, you know, kind of stick on one thing. Uh, from a personal perspective, uh, let's look at uh, missionaries, all right? Missionaries raise support to uh, do a ministry. Um, there's two ways to look at that focusing. And so this is going to sound a little bit like maybe I'm, I'm hedging my bet, but I'm not trying to do that. You could be focused on, say, well, what 10.3 is, on transformational education, using technology and to help people know God better. And you could stick with 10.3. Or you can pick a missionary that you're going to support if if that's the thing that God calls you to do. Mm-hmm. And you support that ministry, missionary through the different things God has them doing. And so, for example, me, I've never lost focus, but I've had a lot of different places where I've done it. I've worked in Nigeria. I've worked in Senegal. Right now I'm working out of the United States. And, uh, and a portion of my support team has just, you know, stuck with Anthony is still on the same thing, even though it's moving here, moving there. Mm-hmm. And they've, they've made that commitment. And that, that means a lot to me. Yeah. Um, but it's, but, but, but I don't want it to become this personal, please, you know, support this missionary. Cause, um, that's, that's not the issue. Right. The issue is you got, uh, so much, you only have, well, here's something strange. I tell people, I, I don't ask people, uh, how, how do I put this? Let's put it a different way. People only have so much money. And you're wise to focus your money on accomplishing the most you can with it. All right? mm-hmm. Well, what people forget is they only have so much time. Right. And so, you know, this person asking you for prayer, that person asking for prayer, that person asking for prayer. You can't pray for everybody. So you 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 focus your prayers too. Uh, David Wells in his book um, No Place for Truth, I believe it is. He he makes the point that back in the eighteen hundreds, seventeen eighteen hundreds, you know your prayers were pretty focused because you didn't know about everything that was going on in the world. Right. And now we know about everything going on everywhere in the world. So we've got uh, prayers that are just kind of flying every which way. And so I encourage people to focus on their prayers someplace, their finances someplace, their heart, their efforts in a particular direction. You know, so, did that answer your question? Yeah, and it, it actually speaks to a place that my wife and I are at. Um, the, the church, this isn't to raise up our church or anything, but the church that we're a part of over the last couple of years has sent out something like six or seven missionaries with different organizations. And, and I know all of these people. I know them personally. I love them. And it's so hard to choose who are we going to support financially? Who are we going to pray with? Who are we going to spend time reading their newsletter? Because, you know, six or seven, we can probably kind of keep up with that and kind of offer some level of support to, you know, to a few of them, maybe not all of them. But I expect to see that number grow. 
And eventually it is going to get to the point where we, I suspect, we will not be able to keep track of the missionaries that we have everywhere on a personal level. Now, I'm not saying that our missions pastor can't or that our church can't keep track of them, but we personally, knowing these people, it's hard to go, which one should I connect with? And I I think at least my experience has been like that. I look at the work that some, an organization like Compassion is doing or an organization like that, and there are multiple organizations doing that kind of thing. How do I choose which one? Of course, I, I don't know of a lot of organizations doing something like Ten Three. I, I would think that you're probably fairly unique, but at the same time, it's it's a tough question. How do you choose? And the only thing I can come back to is having having to listen to the Father, having to listen to the Holy Spirit Absolutely. speaking to us. And then the hard part of that is knowing how to say no in a way that builds people up and doesn't shut them out. Do you have any insight on that? Yeah, let me answer that second. The first thing you need to, that's pretty helpful is there was a research done on how many friends you can have. And they defined friend, and it was some, a reasonable amount of uh, relationship. And um, they discovered, I forget the number, maybe 120 or 95 or you know some number like that. That's how, that's that was what the brain can handle. Then after Facebook, they wanted you know, and then Facebook had been running for a while, and you know, people had lists of thousands of friends and stuff, and so they wanted to look and see if maybe the brain changed, and they you know now they could handle more. And the research showed that there was no change. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that you have to watch with technology is, and this the the social media and so on and so forth is. There's just this dividing to make it everything less and less uh, value, and you just get getting spread thinner and thinner and thinner, and so there's there's not a value to to the the stuff that's going on. Um, young kids are getting so much information, the information overload and stuff that the brain just isn't processing it right, and so we as Christians we need to be a little bit like the Amish and purposefully look at technology and say, this is helpful for me growing closer to the Lord and closer to my family and advancing the kingdom, and this is not. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that comes back to just this particular question of, how do I pick and choose with these people and this, these ministries and so on and so forth? Do And the question is this, do you believe that if they are called of God, God can provide for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you believe that, the next question because becomes, are you the answer for everybody? Yeah, and that is where we struggle the most. We struggle with the fact that we are not the Christ, right? And when we stop thinking we are the answer for everybody, we are the Christ, and we start turning to Christ and saying, "Lord, here's these people; they're doing some awesome things, and it's really wonderful. I'm so excited." But I need to know from you. You know where I am. You know where I've already committed. Am I supposed to move into there or not? I know you'll take care of them. Am I part of that? Right. And that's where it comes back. And when we can release the fact that we are not the answer, there's a lot, a lot of freedom. Wow. Anthony, thank you for sharing that. I can honestly say I would, I would like for just about everyone that I actually I'd like for everybody that I know to hear that especially the believers who are struggling with this kind of thing uh it means a lot coming from somebody like you who leads an organization who's been a missionary and yet operated in the marketplace for years and years and years to hear that coming from such a deep place of perspective 
we we have just a couple minutes left. I do need to get off the line in about two or three minutes just to go help my wife because she's been kind enough to to watch the kids while we've been recording this. If you had just mm-hmm. one last thing that you'd like to share with our audience, what would that be? Mm-hmm. Now, I think I'm a broken record, but it's just enjoy your walk with Jesus. It's just that that daily walk, and it's it's not complex. It's and uh, and 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 you don't ever have to feel like you you have to be a champion. Like yesterday, I got woke up early in the morning, and I had a wonderful quiet time. Other days, my quiet time's not so good. But I still, I just still turn to Jesus and say. <laughs> Ah, you know, it's a crazy day, and I want to do it with you, but I don't have time to just, you know, sit down and, and read a bunch. And I'll look, I have a particular place where I read through the Scripture, and I just ask, you know, Lord, can you help me meditate on that through the day? And then just just enjoy that walk, and that's gonna, that's what changes us all. Wow, that was great. Anthony, thank you so much for doing this this second interview. This has been really meaningful to me, and I'm really looking forward to getting this out. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate your time. That's the end of our time with Anthony Petrillo. I'm really thankful that he was able to get together with me and do this again. I thought that what he shared in this week's interview was amazing, and I thought it was a wonderful supplement to what he shared before, and it really kind of ties a bow on his heart and what he's been doing with with 10.3. If you have any feedback for this show, I'd love it if you would send that to feedback at engagingmissions.com. I know that we didn't follow the standard interview flow, and I'm actually interested in whether you prefer this or if you prefer the standard flow. It just helps me understand whether or not I'm meeting your needs and if there's anything that I need to change about this show so that you connect with it better. I forgot to mention earlier, but like always, you will be able to get any resources or any links or anything by visiting the show notes, and that will be at engagingmissions.com slash Anthony Petrillo 2. And that's all one word, Anthony Petrillo, and then the number 2. Or if it's easier, just slash 36, as in episode number 36. Now, at the time that this is going live, it'll be the week of Thanksgiving here in the U.S. It's a time when we express our thanks for all that God has given us. Uh, I will be with family during this time, at, at the time that this goes up. And my hope is that you're with family and with friends as well, and that you are able to express your thanks to God for all that He's done for you. One of the things I'm so thankful for is just this opportunity to connect with the missionaries that I connect with, to hear the stories that I hear, and then get the opportunity to share those with you. I really hope that it's meaningful for you as well. Whether this is your first time here or if you've been with us from the very beginning, like always, I'm so thankful that you're here. I'm so glad that you've taken the time to come and connect with missionaries like Anthony Petrillo to hear the stories about what God has done in their lives, the insights that he's given them, and then to take that and to put it into practice in your own life. One thing that would really mean a lot to me is if you could help spread the word about this show, whether you shoot an email to a friend, talk to somebody in person, or share on social media, that means a whole lot. One other thing that you can always do is, if you haven't already, subscribe in iTunes and leave an honest rating and review for the show. That really means a lot because it really does help raise the rankings for the show, helps other people connect with the show, and to find us in iTunes. One thing I did want to do is share with you a recent review that came through in the iTunes store here in the U.S. It was, uh, actually, I'm not sure who it was left by. All I know is that it was JPH356. So if, if that's you, thank you so much. The review was five stars, and it was stopped by 
here for consistent encouragement. It's no secret that there are more podcast shows out there than we could ever listen to. So from day one on iTunes, we have to start filtering all the options to find the diamonds in the rough. I feel that that Brian's interviews with missionaries are the forefront of cutting-edge podcast ministry. I'm deeply encouraged by this ministry of missionary stories and mission education. May God bless you, Brian, as you continue to serve the Lord and to bring Him glory. JPH356, thank you so much for leaving that review. And for the rest of you, if you have the opportunity, I'd really love it if you could leave a rating and review for me as well. This has been the Engaging Missions Radio Show. Thanks so much for listening. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next week.